Hello there. I just need to tell you straight out of the gate. Thank you. Thank you for being here. If you've stuck with me over the years, thank you so much. Thank you for listening when I can only seem to get out one episode a year. Whoops. (laughs) Thank you for staying when there is plenty, I know, to pull you away. I started working on this episode, you guys, November 5th, 2021. And of course, life. But I come back because sometimes things the Lord wants to tell me just burn in my soul until I can't take it anymore. I remember one evening taking a shower, talking to Jesus. Yes, I talk to Jesus in the bathroom a lot. That's like my place, particularly on the toilet. I know, what a visual. But I promised him if he gave me another baby, I'd tell the world of his faithfulness. So here I am doing my best to hold up my end of the bargain. Not very consistently, but here I am nonetheless. And I'll be honest, it takes me time to show up here. And I haven't had much of it with a new baby. You guys know how that is. It takes time to sit at the feet of Jesus and ask him what he wants me to say to y'all. Did you hear that? I said, y'all, I'm becoming a Southerner right as we speak. But today, I pray that the words I speak point you to Jesus. I pray he speaks to you in the middle of your mess. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. As I record this, it's the week in between Christmas and New Year's, a chill reset week. I love this week. My hubby played a Christmas episode I had recorded back in 2017. It was like opening a time capsule. I listened to myself talk about how hard 2017 was and all that we had overcome. And I just kept thinking, if only I knew what was coming for me. But every trial I've ever faced has prepared me for the next. Every challenge I've overcome has strengthened my spirit. It's a terrifying, terrifying most of the time, and encouraging reality at the same time. The older I get, the more bittersweet this time of year is. I'm learning that joy and sorrow can coexist. On this earth, we often don't find joy without experiencing sorrow. The joy comes out of the sorrow. Joy and sorrow do coexist. They always have. Joy and sorrow run around like BFFs all over history. We have a perfect Savior who hung on the cross, died for us, experienced pain and sorrow because of the joy he would experience being with us. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Jesus chose a life with us over any pain he would experience. The very place where we have experienced our deepest sorrows will be the very place the Lord has promised to bring us the most satisfying joy. We can only know the fullness of joy when we've experienced deep loss. We find joy when we are able to take all of the pain and sorrow we've experienced and see how the Lord is using it for His good, for His glory. Sometimes this process takes decades. And it can take a lifetime to see how the Lord can turn sorrow into joy. Sometimes we won't experience the fullness of the Lord's restoration on this side of heaven. But he has promised. 
He will bottle up our tears, count them all, and turn them into goodness. There's hope in the pit of despair that our great God can take our suffering and use it for his glory. Every time we heal a little piece of our broken self, we take back our inheritance in Christ. We kick the devil in the teeth and we gain, oh, how we gain spiritual treasure. But I'm here with all the scars of my battles telling you it's not easy. It takes a lifetime of fighting for hope sometimes. This time of year can easily remind us of what we don't have, what we've missed out on, what is broken in our lives, the relationships we wish were easier, the people who are no longer with us, the broken marriages, unmet expectations, financial lack, the sickness that looms over us. I could make you a long list of the things that grieve my heart in this season, but I know, my friend, you have your own list, just like I do. And I'm here to encourage you to check yourself, my friend, because I need to check myself and my heart every day. Remind yourself of what you have. Sometimes we need to tell our brains who's boss and take charge of it. I don't have too many problems with taking charge, unfortunately, but you just got to reframe it sometimes. Maybe like this, you get to stay home with your babies. You get to wrap presents. You get to see your family. You are blessed to make cookies with your children. You get to choose how you spend the remainder of this year. You get to trust the Lord with your future. You woke up this morning. You have clean sheets. There are people who love you. When there's a lot you need the Lord to do for you, then there's a lot, a lot of room for Jesus to come in and be all that you need him to be for you. God gets to show up and show off in your story. This life of finding hope and joy amidst the suffering in life, it takes discipline. I used to think discipline was working out every day, keeping a tidy house, refusing sweets, or reading my Bible every day. While it can include those things, discipline is a life of practicing the freedom we have in Christ. You don't get hope without discipline because keeping your head in the game, if you will, is tough. It doesn't come easily. You don't get to stay mentally, emotionally, spiritually healthy simply because you woke up today. There's a reason people go to rehab. Having a heart full of hope in Christ comes at a cost. It is work this side of heaven. We get to train ourselves every day to trust the Lord, to take him at his word, to tell our brains what to think, to train our emotions who is in charge, to fix our eyes on Jesus amidst a raging storm. It takes fight and tenacity to cling to the Lord in the middle of devastation. And y'all know what the alternative looks like if we don't. When we don't cling to our hope in Jesus, we are depressed anxious, hopeless, afraid, sick, and purposeless. We live in a depressed, self-centered, anxious world. These people didn't just wake up one morning and ask to be depressed. No, they lived a life of trauma, abuse, and suffering. Nothing that happened was necessarily their fault, but they will miss out on the fullness Jesus offers us in this world because they didn't do the work to experience healing 
and wholeness. And the crazy part of humanity is that our entire lives will be work. We will all experience gut-wrenching loss throughout our lives. And we will all be called to do the work of allowing Jesus to tenderly care for us. I've watched more of my friends leave Washington and move over the last two years than I would have ever imagined. People are moving all over the U.S. In 1843, some 1,000 men, women, and children climbed aboard their wagons and steered their horses west out of the small town of Elm Grove, Missouri, onto the Oregon Trail, heading west for a brighter future. My friends, there's nothing new under the sun. So many people are relocating to a new state to find a better fit for their families. And we've done it too. We have landed in Middle Tennessee, and our sweet baby boy is eight months old as I record this. Wilder Scotty Marsh came into our world, and he has been such a gift to us, you guys. He is my little joy boy, and I'll share more about his birth later. My labor and birth experience were amazing, but things went sideways for me postpartum. And it's a long story, and it's taken me a long time to process everything that happened, but I'll get there. And if you're a birthy story type of friend, you'll just have to come back for that episode later on. Okay, let me just pause for a minute and talk to you about childbirth while we're on the subject. If you're pregnant and you're listening today, remember, no one is responsible for your birth experience but you. You are powerful, and you have control over your birth choices right now. You can walk down the path to lead you to where you want to go. You can set yourself up for success and just rest knowing Jesus is in charge of the rest. But you've got to get yourself in a position to do that. Americans love choices and we love our rights. But for many reasons, the principles of autonomy and choice don't always apply to our maternity care system here in the U.S. If I could choose and some birth fairy showed up at my door, I'd probably choose to have a baby not in America. But if you live in America or anywhere else, buckle up and do your research. You're up against a very broken maternity care system. And it's time for you to get to work creating your team, your dream team. I'd love to come alongside you on your pregnancy journey. And if you're interested in learning more about my online birth course, head to www.yourbestbirthcourse.com and check it out. I'll link it in the show notes. You can also use the promo code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at checkout for this special price I offer only to you, my very special listeners. Oh, the stories I could share with you after a year on the road. I can't believe we made it so long in the RV and a wild transition to a family of five. We are a blessed people and God is trustworthy to keep his promises. I'll start with that. We completed our season of RV life on the road after visiting 18 states and having a whole lot of crazy adventures. I'll tell you, Florida in the winter is dream. But our adventures weren't all sunshine and poolside beverages. We had a lot of things break and leak and some pretty wild poop slash toilet stories. 
There were thrown away shoes. There's poop on people's body parts. I'll leave it at that. But I'll have Jeff on later to share those ones with you. We had ant invasions, late night fireside chats with new friends, laundry challenges, and a whole ton of hand washing dishes. I'm still unpacking all that we learned and experienced during our travel days. So hang with me and I'll have to circle back on that one too. We jumped off the deep end with Jesus as a family in July of 2021, and it's been a new adventure every day since. Wildly following Jesus where he calls you is not an easy path. It's messy, uncertain, scary, but wildly fulfilling. We are on an unbeaten path that doesn't make sense to many people. We've chosen to forfeit comfort for God's perfect way. I can tell you, I'm not the same person I was two years ago. I know you aren't either. Jesus called me away from everything that made me feel safe to live the call of the wild life of Jesus. I grieved the life I used to have. And I kind of went kicking and screaming, you guys. But I went. The people who used to walk with me in my everyday life, I have so deeply missed. And seasons change. People change. Moving across the country has changed every part of me. I gave up everything I knew to follow Jesus into a new world. Never would I have imagined I would find myself here in Middle Tennessee. And here I am, sitting. I'm actually sitting in my van, you guys, because it's the quietest place to record a podcast right now. Remember when I used to record in my shed? If you're an OG listener, You know I used to record in my shed, but I've upgraded to the van. The Lord has given me an incredible community here, one that I prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, and I've been so blessed to find my people over the last eight months here in Tennessee. Life is far from perfect. It's challenging, really, really challenging, but the Lord has sustained me. It's His grace that keeps you going when life is just really freaking hard. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart, my friend, because he has overcome the world. The key here is the grace piece, you guys. It's his grace that keeps you going when life feels unbearable, when it feels too hard to overcome. His grace will sustain you. My friend, Have you asked the Lord where he is leading you in this new year? I know some of you have felt this tug, this pull in your spirit to go, but fear holds you back. Stepping out into a new place is scary, but you can do it. It is in this place where you put all your hope in Jesus, where the Lord wants you to reside. He wants you to be fully reliant on him for every good thing in your life. Will you go? Will you follow him? Has the Lord called you to stay and stand firm against the enemy? I sense the Lord wants me to tell you not to be afraid. Fear is the great play of the enemy. And the Lord continually whispers, When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. The Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt is with you. 
So I'm going to ask you again, what are you afraid of today, my friend? Are you afraid to homeschool your children? Are you afraid to leave your family and friends to move to a new state? Are you afraid of losing your job? I want you to ask yourself some hard questions and discover where the Lord is leading you this year. I was chatting with a friend of mine whose husband is a first responder back in November of 2021. At the time, they were considering moving, but first responders make a whole lot more money on the West Coast than they do in the Southeast. She asked me if she was an idiot for leaving without a guaranteed income. I said to my sweet friend, you have always had a guarantee, and his name is Jehovah Jireh. The enemy wants you afraid of the unknown and stuck in the familiar. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Jesus will catch you if you fall. And I say all of this, and here I am filling this pole in my guts to just settle and root myself. And yet, for us, nothing is the right fit in this season. And I sense this pause from the Lord just to have slow feet, not to rush it, not to hurry this process because it would make me feel more comfortable. I'll tell you, I feel impatient with the Lord. His timing is not mine. And it is often that I think, surely my timing would be better than his. I dream of a giant garden and farm animals, and someday I know the Lord will lead me there. But today, it isn't that day. So what do you do when you're not quite there yet? When you're in the middle of the unknown, making your way through the path in front of you? How often do I jump into something or make a U-turn or a right turn when I was supposed to just stay steady? I've never been great at steady. Anyone else out there? I want everything else in my world to stay steady so I don't have to be. But maybe the Lord is just teaching me to be steadfast in my faith, to remain steady, to not get jilted by fear or even a desire to have what someone else has, but to simply abide, to remain in Him. It is so easy for me to get distracted by the next thing that grabs my attention. But what if I could continue to focus my gaze on Jesus, who should be the most important person to grab my attention? The Lord is orchestrating something so exciting for my family, and I can't wait to tell you about it when I figure out what it is. I'm not exactly sure what his plan is for us here in Nashville, but I know he's up to something. I can feel it. Instead of complaining or being frustrated with what feels like delay in my life, I'm just having to choose to be excited for what God has for my family. Some days I do better at this than others. I know he's got something incredible just around the corner. I just know it. So I can wait in my rental house with a happy heart knowing God has a plan for us. It's just a flip to switch in your mind, you guys. How often do we just need to turn a situation on its head and flip that switch in our brains? God calls us to an opposite action so many times. It's all over the Bible. Instead of doubting, you are called to hope. Instead of being annoyed, we get excited. Instead of being insecure, we stand in confidence. Our Creator is asking us to look our lives in the face and call to being what isn't yet there. He asks us to wait quietly before Him, for our hope is in Him. 
He alone is our rock and our salvation, our fortress where we will not be shaken. Our victory and honor come from God alone. Because here's the truth. Are you ready for this? You can't grow in faith unless you've got a problem. And friend, I've had many a problem in my days. So I've got a lot of faith to share with y'all. God can do anything. I am a living, walking example of that. I've seen him do miracles in my life. And I know so many of you listening have seen him do miracles in your own. But we forget. We forget all that he's done for us so easily. I wish it wasn't that way. If we don't make a point to stop and look back and recall what the Lord has done for us, we will miss an opportunity to grow in our faith. Problems are simply the way the Lord calls us up to a higher place of faith in him. I'm reminded of how often the Israelites forgot the goodness of God, how often the Lord called them to look back and remember his faithfulness. We are called to be a people who seek out the good and the beautiful in our lives, a people who can wade through the mess of life and claim all that is good about what God has done for them. Because if we can't do that, we are just missing out on so much, so much God wants for us to experience. He can take all the nasty, yucky parts of our story, heal our brains and our bodies, and use it for His glory. But that will never happen if we can't start by remembering the good things He has done for us. If you've listened to my previous show, you know that I'm really into my water machine by Enagic. It's called a Kongen machine, and it produces molecular hydrogen-rich water. So... What is molecular hydrogen-rich water, you might ask? All other forms of water have two separate hydrogen atoms, while Kangen water has an addition of hydrogen. Cells are made up of 70% water, but the cell membrane is made up of mostly lipids, which are fats. This means it's hard for water to enter our cells. Water cannot enter the cell membrane without a channel protein. Having water rich in hydrogen will help our cells hydrate more effectively because it is able to bypass the channel protein and diffuse straight into our cells. Meaning, we can drink less water and feel more hydrated and protect ourselves from oxidative damage. This is all amazing. There's over a thousand scientific publications on molecular hydrogen, and they are suggesting that molecular hydrogen has a therapeutic potential in over 170 different human and animal diseases. Molecular hydrogen is a selective antioxidant, meaning it only goes after harmful free radicals in our body to neutralize them by lending an electron to them. Are you still with me? combating oxidative stress and chronic inflammation in our bodies, slowing down the aging process. Hello. To put this into perspective, it takes five pounds of blueberries to get the same antioxidants as one cup of Kangen water. But even if you ate five pounds of blueberries, you wouldn't be getting the selective antioxidant effects of molecular hydrogen, meaning you could be neutralizing the beneficial free radicals our bodies need. But friend, don't take my word for it. You can head over to pubmed.gov and type in electrolyzed reduced water or molecular hydrogen and spend some time researching what the evidence says about this water. 
I love anything I can do to steward my family, to steward the resources I've been given, to care for my body and my people. Remember, I'm not a doctor or any kind of healthcare provider. I'm just a girl who loves science and research. I'm an Enneagram One Wing Two, and this is where the one in me really comes out. I love finding products that promote a healthy mind and body like the one God originally intended for us to have. So if you're interested in learning more about the many benefits of Kangen water, send me an email at elise at elisemarsh.com or find me on Instagram. Friend, you are brave. Go take your brave self out for a walk today. When you feel unseen, remind yourself of the God who sees you. His name is El Roy. He knows. He knows what brings you great joy and he sees your great need. No matter how this world has broken your heart, there is a God who has promised to save all of those who are crushed in spirit. He has promised to never forsake you. You are not invisible to the one true God. He has promised to meet all of your needs in this season. If I can, I invite you to pause wherever you are right now and listen as I pray over you today. Jesus, thank you for coming to heal the brokenhearted. Lord, we need your restoring touch in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for providing that for me and my friends listening through the cross. We claim the finished work of the cross in every broken place within us. Release your redeeming blood and resurrection power in every wound, unmet need, trauma, lack, and loss. Lord, heal our hidden injuries. Knit us together and restore every part of everyone listening to the sound of my voice. Heal us and raise us up through your dunamis power and make us whole. Rebuild us in your image. Release creative miracles for divine health on earth as it is in heaven where we are seated with you. Pour out your mercy and grace and be glorified in our lives today. Make us a living testimony of your love and power. Amen. Thank you for listening, my friend. I'm praying for you. If you have a need, I'd love to join with you in prayer. Feel free to email me your prayer requests at elise at elisemarsh.com. Have a wonderful day and a happy new year. And I can't wait to be back here again with you soon. Bye.